Hi, my name is Tamika Adams, and I've learned to live in a different way. Hi, my name is Tamika Adams, and welcome to In a Different Way, the podcast that helps helps those families who have experienced child loss. My name is Tamika Adams, and I am an educator. I have been in education since 2006, transitioning from church administration. I come from a family of four, um, mom, dad, sisters, actually a family of six, two additional sisters on the outside, and religious at best, um, relationship, prefer to say relationship with God versus religious. And my child that I lost, name was Jaden Malik Howell. In fact, um, he was never born. I was eight and a half months pregnant. I was actually approaching the ninth month, the 36th week, when I found out that I no longer, he no longer had a heartbeat. Upon my admittance to the hospital, um, I still was denying the fact that we could not get a heartbeat. I knew that for a week I did not feel any kicks, and I knew something was wrong, not to mention that I was having contractions. Get to the hospital, immediately they told me that my son um, did not have a heartbeat, and of course, I'm still trying to reason with myself. No, no, they, they just don't understand. They don't know. And sure enough, no heartbeat. Even um, through the labor pains and having him, the hospital allowed me to hold him um, for as long as I wanted to. And um, in me holding him, he looked like a perfect, perfect normal child. That was sleep, and I and and still once again I was in denial. I'm shaking him. Jaden, wake up, wake up. Come on, mommy's here. Wake up. You know you can wake up. And then it finally hit me. Boom. There was no heartbeat. He was really dead. And at that moment, I decided to hand him to the doctor, to the nurse. Um, it was in the middle of the night, so the doctor wasn't pre- present. I handed him to the nurse, and I did tell her. It was a hard pill to swallow, um, but I also knew that my faith um, would not let me down. Um, I knew that there was a reason. I couldn't understand it because this is my first child. Um, Here it is. I just turned 35. This is at the top of December, and the first week in December, I turned 35. And then this is the, this is literally two days after Christmas that I'm having my son and no words can express the disappointment at that moment but I knew that God was in control in total control excuse me for that okay following that break um my son was born in 2009 and as you can see um More than 10 years later, it's almost like I'm reliving it again as I tell the story. But the whole idea of me telling my story is to help others 
that are experiencing the same pain of child loss. Um, this is not just about reliving the stories, but actually sharing ideas and strategies on how to move forward. Um, you heal, but you heal in a different way. You heal in knowing that although your child is not there to bury you, but that there is a purpose. Their life, and although mine wasn't born yet, there was a purpose, and, and, and they had a purpose and a meaning. And it's finding, it's finding that comfort in knowing that you were able to spend that small fraction of time um, with your child before they actually transition. By no means, my walk was easy at the time. I was in a very dysfunctional relationship, something that had just recently started, nothing um, that had been long-term, truly that had been more than a year. But I knew I wanted a child. Did not know that I would get pregnant by the person that I was in a relationship with, but I accepted that particular child. Nonetheless, moving on, when that happened to me, the only scripture or the only book in the Bible that came to me was the book of Job. Um, and the scripture that read, naked I came out my mother's room and naked shall I return. And it was a reminder that Throughout Job's life, when his money was messed up, when his children had all died, and even his wife had told him, why don't he curse God? He refused. And in his refusal, because he loved the Lord with all his heart, God blessed him with double. And that was what I held on to, that I knew that God would bless me with double. I come from a very I don't want to say religious family um, but I have quite a, a significant number of ministers and and church leaders within my family and one particular family member who is um, well known um, in the ministry arena came to my bedside and the first thing he did was he showed me a birth certificate he showed me his birth certificate and when he showed me his birth certificate I was confused um, he didn't say anything he just kissed me on my forehead showed me his birth certificate I was totally confused and I'm like what am I supposed to read from this and it wasn't I'm saying the birth certificate, it was the, it was the, back in the day they would give you this birth record. So the birth record would show you the name of the parents. It would show you the number of pregnancies and the number of live children. And what he was trying to show me and what he pointed out to me was that my grandmother 
although my grandmother had six children, two of her, she actually had eight children and two children were deceased, that she had actually lost two children through miscarriages. Now, like, let's make no mistake that oftentimes the media or um, different industries categorizes stillborns as miscarriages and miscarriages as stillborns. Now, there is a line of demarcation for miscarriages and stillborns. However, this was nothing that, of course, I could question because at this moment, my grandmother is already deceased. But also knowing that my grandmother had experienced what I had gone through, or at least what I felt that I had gone through, it gave me um, comfort and what I kept telling and the person that was at my bedside was my uncle. What I kept telling my uncle was, I can't go to work right now. I'm not going to church. I just need to pray and fast. I needed a moment unto myself where I needed to be like in the closet with no one around and I need to be in prayer mode and in me saying that he agreed um, and said whatever you want to do at this moment we will do I also told him that I could not have a funeral and that I wasn't having a funeral I'm not going to no burial because I can't see my child going into the ground once again he reassured me whatever you want to do and so I had a service I did. I had a service. I had to have the service after the new year because while I'm home on maternity leave, once the, the hospital releases me, days later, and when I say days later, it had to have been at least two or three days later, a major earthquake hit Haiti. And I'm sitting on the floor of my room and I see these first responders pull babies from the rubble and all I could do was go in prayer again. Shortly after that, I did plan for my, my, babes, my baby's funeral and um, I did have him cremated. Um, and I chose cremation so that his ashes w would always be close to me. As it relates to the healing process, in my healing process, I think reading scriptures, um, once again being by myself, hearing from other people, um, random people that I never knew had experienced it, it's this, this, this new, I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but this new journey is like, almost taboo or secret, so to speak. It's like a secret society because you never know who's gone through it until they actually mention what has happened to them. So I would have, in one day, I would have like two or three text messages about people that I knew but never knew that they had experienced the same thing in terms of child loss, whether it was miscarriage or still stillbirths. Um, 
encouraging me to to be strong um, that your living it won't be the same you will see life from a different perspective and they did not lie what I began to realize in seeing life from a different perspective was that my walk had to be clean and clear there was no sugarcoating I needed to be upfront and honest about what I saw and that my silence was approval for certain things that I experienced even on my job and even with other people and that I needed to learn to tell people the truth in a gentle way that's what I realized in my walk and um in the process, because I was so busy trying to um, appease everyone, and when I say appease, like, you know, not hurt everybody's feelings, um, and so sometimes I wouldn't say anything when I saw things that were just wrong. But nevertheless, um, finding solace and comfort and people calling me, what you doing? Get up, it's time to get up. Um, one of the uh, one of my guest speakers will be my cousin Alberta. Uh, she was one who had experienced child loss um, just months before me. I don't even think it was a full year. Um, she too was six months pregnant, high risk, um, and went to the doctor, and they told her. The baby heartbeat is slowing down. Go to the emergency room. But I'll let her tell you the story. And um, she would call me once a week. Hey, what you doing? Get up. Take a shower. Go for a walk. Um, go write, write in a journal. Get your journal right. And then come back and talk to me. We'll talk. And interestingly enough, I think people know that when you go through child loss, um, Although they say, call, I'm going to call you back, or you call me, there's no love lost if the communication hasn't gone on or extended because we know that you need that time period. That when we do catch up, it will be meaningful. Yeah, that's what I'll say. It was, it was experiencing other people and having other people to call that kept me moving, encouraging me. Like, listen, it's hard. You're going to get through it. Um, also finding meaning in the death. So another, another strategy I did or a, a year, um, a year into commemorating my son's death, I, uh, I went on a cruise and it was so ironic because my, 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 my female friend who, um, who planned my baby shower, she was going on a cruise and she said, we need to go on a cruise on this day. And me not thinking okay, we're going to go on a cruise, like, you know, I, I'm oblivious. And the whole idea was to go on a cruise, to keep my mind occupied, to not remember that that was the day of death, but to celebrate. And um, we were on a cruise. And I didn't even realize that it had been a year until, like, a day or two later um, while on the cruise. Keep in mind, I had already experienced death from 
within my family just weeks before. So I was busy helping to plan my my uncle's funeral. And um, shortly thereafter, went on the cruise and then got off the cruise and, you know, um, reflected on on life itself. I did make it a point to create a journal and every day I would write how I was feeling, like what was going on in my mind, how the day was. I I made it a point because of my relationship with Christ to add scripture um, to my daily journals. And so, you know, at, at, at certain pivotal moments, I would go back through the journal and look and read to assess my growth. And so those are the things that actually helped me. Um, two years, three years in, I decided that I was going to participate in the March of Dimes. So I participated in the March of Dimes with donating money the first year. The second year, I actually created a team and we walked and, um, that was it. And, and by the third year after my son's death, by this time I am married, um, married to, um, A wonderful person who supported me through the death of my son and helped me to get through. I married a minister <laughs> and uh, who who kept me who kept me I, I would say sane and and um, grounded in knowing that I'm going to see my son again, knowing that. And everything I did, I can't blame myself because there's no condemnation, right? If we believe there's no condemnation. And so um, the third year in, um, three, four years in, um, we talked about writing a book or he, he kind of put the idea in my mind to write a book because he's a writer. And I wanted to write a compilation of short stories because I knew quite a few people who had gone through the same thing and the short stories would not be just about stillbirths or miscarriages they will also be about um how how people had lost their children through um various tragedies you know car accidents suicides um cancer and the children would be of age you know like and whether they were still under 18 or whether they were um, adults. Because at the end of the day, child loss affects each and every one of us um, in different ways and different capacities. So just briefly, I'm going to give you some statistics on child loss. So according to the CDC, and I believe this is from um, last year, 2020, Stillbirth. A stillbirth is the death of a baby before or during delivery. Um, both miscarriage and stillbirth describe pregnancy loss, but they differ according to when the loss occurs. In the U.S., a miscarriage is usually defined as a loss of a baby before the 20th week of pregnancy. And a stillbirth is the loss of a baby at 20 weeks of pregnancy or later. My final thoughts, um, 
which is often asked when you're experiencing something, do you ever have any regrets? And the answer to that is no, no regrets. No regrets on going through the pregnancy, no regrets on um, losing my child. Um, it's all a part of an experience. And without those experiences, other things, um, I wouldn't have been able to gain the other things that I've gained in the process. Um, I am married. I did get married. Um, I married someone that I knew, a friend. And I now have a beautiful son, a, 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 another son. And um, who is full of energy, a ball of energy. And then I, in the process, I do have two bonus kids as well, too. Both who are college students who are wonderful, um, never given any sorts of problems or at, at all. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say. Mm -hmm.